Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, coming to you from the Minute with Mary studio, this is Outlander Cast, a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and it's more listen to feedback, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm into it. Me too. You know, obviously, for those of you who've been listening, uh, the previous episode, I started to not feel very well. The previous listener feedback episode, I wasn't feeling that well. And... Uh, there's actually a ton of feedback. This yeah. is the mid-season finale, and we wanted to make sure that all of your comments and emails and everything else was shared. So rather than cut short on what we had planned, because I started to not feel well, we decided, you know what, let's just put a pause in the episode and then come on back. Now, of course, in between this episode and the previous listener feedback, we did have a special guest come on in from the Rhode Island St. Andrew Society, so you got to learn about that group. Once again, if you're local to Southern New England, we would love to see you at some upcoming events. Maybe people can join virtually for our Rhode Island group, or you can find your own local St. Andrew Society if that's something that that strikes your fancy. But this episode is the rest of our listener feedback in regards to episode 708. And I want to give a special shout out Mm -hmm. to our listener, Caitlin, who saw us at a diner this Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Or was it Saturday? Wait, was it yesterday? Was it, was it yesterday? Where, yeah, it was yesterday. Where are we? <laughs> yeah. Blake and I ended up going out to eat breakfast at just a local diner here in Rhode Island. Um, I was a hot mess express yeah. with our kids. Me too. And Blake was, Blake was such a hot mess express, he joined us late. <laughs> and we were all sorts of crazy. I was in the middle, actually, of playing Pokemon Go with our little lad. Wow. That's what I was doing. So as as this listener looked over and said, "Oh, I know maybe maybe she knew the voice." Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But um she and her husband came on up and introduced themselves and she said, "Oh, I'm a listener of your podcast. I I love Outlander and yeah. I came across your podcast recently." So I don't know if she recognized us by our voices. I don't know if she recognized us by the fact that we're tall, awkward, freckled, pale people. <laughs> That's more than Just likely what it was. Coming like, in like a oh, whirlwind yeah. of like, give us pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Caitlin, for coming on up, saying hi. And honestly, it just warms our hearts, whether we read reviews on Apple Podcasts, we get emails, or if you come up on a Saturday morning while we're drinking coffee. Yeah. Well, you know what it was? It's like her nerd alert went off. She's like, whoa, wait a second. The nerd quotient in this place just rose at least 150%. Something is off. And then she looked over and it was clearly us. Yes. And yeah, so that that's what it was. Uh, it was actually quite nice. It was it was 
you know, it, it makes me wonder how many people actually kind of run into us and, and they don't say anything. Um, and so here's what I will say. <laughs> if you do see us out in public and you're like, oh my God, that's Mary and Blake. Please say hi. Please say hi. Because, um, because I said hi awkwardly to a podcast oh, that I yeah. admired. Yes. And it still goes down as one of my favorite moments of my life, even though I was super awkward. It makes it, it's one of my favorite moments in life too. I'm not gonna lie. I love when people say hi in public. Yes. Whether Mary Mary is great with it. I'm like I'm so great that I... someone asked me to dance in a Trader Joe's today. Oh I don't wanna talk about it. Why not? That? I think because... it's hysterical. No, I think it it's ain't very hysterical. romantically hysterical. It's... Let's share it. Ready, friends? Uh, Story time before not... we get into listener feedback. You know what it you, you... What? No, I just I just you know. As if, you know what would have been better? Is if it was Rick Rankin in Trader Joe's. Not great, <laughs> Okay, so here's what happened. Quick storytelling, and then we're going into the listener feedback. I woke up this morning. My family was sleeping. They obviously exhausted themselves with the diner yesterday. <laughs> and we, um, I'm picking up things, and I've got not a stitch of makeup on. I'm Hot Mess Express. Glad I brushed my hair at least. And some tall gentleman came up to me and said, excuse me. I think you look lovely. Would you like to dance with me? Shame. <laughs> now, I will say, I did not have my wedding ring off. Uh, I, I had my wedding ring off. I, sad story, I actually had to have my You're wedding. Very sick. Blake, what are you doing? <laughs> I had to have my wedding ring taken off, friends. This is another wonderful thing that has happened since my long panorama. And the people at the jewelry store told me they, they have had to cut off a lot of women's rings who've now had inflammation in their knuckles. So it's entirely embarrassing, but whatever. You're a podcast listener, so I'm sharing this with you. Yes, I had to have my wedding ring cut off. It's coming back on. Don't worry. But um, between flying and the heat in the summer, and I had lost one of the side diamonds, so the integrity of the ring was at risk so rather than wait till my knuckles were less inflamed I did the right thing uh, but in the meantime I've been wearing fake rings usually except when I go to Trader Joe's at 9 a.m. on a Sunday so yeah this gentleman asked me he said you're lovely would you like to dance with me I thought maybe there's a flash mob happening at Trader Joe's <laughs> I did not know like did he mean do you want to dance with me right here in Trader Joe's I looked around Nobody was dancing. Then I realized maybe he's asking me on a dancing date. I don't know. So I just nicely said, thank you very much, but no. And then he walked away. And then I thought to myself, oh my gosh, chivalry is not dead. It's just in Trader Joe's. And I may have just burst this single man's bubble of that he can never ask a woman out at Trader Joe's while she's looking for packages of frozen jasmine rice. No, so God, please, I no, found him no. later in the bread aisle. No. I did. I sought him no. out. And I said, excuse me, sir. I just wanted to let you know. I said, no, because I'm married. And he went, oh, okay. I said, but I want you to know that that was very kind of you. And if you ever decide that you want to dance with someone else in Trader Joe's, you ask them because that was a really nice thing to say. And I came home, Blake told the, I told Blake this story and he was not amused and he used all these sound effects to let you know. So there you go, friends. Shame. <sighs> okay, Blake, we can do our <laughs> listener feedback. I'm just going to use drops from now on. <laughs> just for the rest of the episode, it's just going to be drops. Okay, well, why don't you start things off? <laughs> Maybe I'm going to go back to Trader Joe's and find my Prince Charming. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> yes, something, Blake. Okay, all right, Marvin, you ready to unleash the hounds or release the hounds? I already hounds? have. It's you. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. 
Alright, so now I got most of the <laughs> I got most of the poison out. <laughs> most of it. Oh my god, what kind of guy goes up to some lady? A wonderfully hey, romantic dance? man. Hey, can you dance with me? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have done it for me. Had I been single, yes. Uh, I would have said right here, right now. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, friggin' jabroni. Blake, it's probably Rick Rankin's chivalry brother. Chivalry is not dead. I don't care about chivalry. Sh- I do, and no. I care for all my single friends out there who are like, where are all the let guys? Them fi- let them I hate go to Trader online. Joe's. Go to Trader Joe's. I'm telling you, Freaking if you Trader are single Joe's looking guy. to mingle, go to Trader Joe's. That is the moral of this story. Trader Joe's guy. Oh my God. you don't. That's why you don't go. Because you're not romantic no, like that. No, because Trader Joe's... Tra- you don't got any of the right brands. It's all Trader Joe's stuff. That's the right brand to me. No, it's just random. That's if why I, you don't I go. Just, like, you don't get it. I you wouldn't want, ask somebody to dance. Okay? I just want Skippy. I just want Skippy. We know that I don't want. You. I don't want weird Trader Joe's stuff. You know Joe what you stuff. are? Where's what? that Kristen Bell sound effect? <laughs> Do you know what you are, Blake? You're basic. There you go. Enough said. Let's go on to our emails. All We've right. had enough of story time with Mary and Blake. All right. This one comes Caitlin's from... mortified. She's like, oh, I never want to be... F- now that I know they live near me, I don't want to be their friends in real life. I ain't going to that Trader Joe's. Caitlin, you can see me at Trader Joe's, okay? Just don't ask her to dance, because then you have to deal with no, me. No, because I will say yes. Whoever asks me next, I will say yes, just to piss Blake off. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. You know what he looked like? What? He looked a little bit like the kid that got shot. He looked like Sandy. Huh? He looked a little like Sandy. William's bestie. Looked a little like Sandy, but older. God. How old? No, he's older than me. I'm not saying like, you know, (laughs) like ancient, but he was definitely a few years older than me. A few years. I think he saw my silver hair and was like, oh my gosh, who is this youngster? Who knows? There you go, Blake. I don't I don't Amelia. have enough drops to no, do here. Because you're gonna read this email from Amelia. All right, this one comes from Amelia. She says, Hey Mary and Blake, regarding Blake's comments about Claire's lack of growth this season, mm. whatever happened to that either uh, what happened? Ether, Blake. That the, word is called ether. Well, I, first of all, ether is not spelled correctly. Okay. But say that's okay. Cool. Amelia, I don't I don't Maybe I, she see, wrote it that way because you're it is too far away. I made okay. him put I made him put the screen super far so I could see it. Yeah. There you go, Blake. All right. So what happened to that ether huffing habit? She has sent her family to the future, presumably never to be seen again. Her house has been burned to ashes, and she is thrust back into the two familiar traumas of war, but no seeking to self-soothe pharmaceutically. She may not have access to ether, but she does have alcohol and laudanum. I pretty much hated the ether huffing subplot, but to see it completely memory hold this season was kind of a lazy cop-out writing. Also, of note, Diana says that each book has a narrative shape in her mind that develops as she writes. For book seven and season seven, she, she describes it as a caltrop, an ancient Roman weapon Google image search it if you must, with multiple side stories all expanding from one central core. That is... That's just basic writing. It, it happens all the time. That's nothing special. <laughs> I just... Okay, whatever. Um, and each ending on a sharp, pointy bit at the end of the book. A Caltrop was the cover art for the book. I thought of this many times during the season, especially listen, listening to your lovely podcast. And as a book reader and rereader, I unabashedly love all things Outlander, especially your show. Oh, Amelia, thank you. I would particularly love to hear Blake read the Lord John novels and comment mm. on them. Once you've read book, big book mm. three, 
you have everything you need to enjoy the Lord John stories and knowing more about what Sir Gifts a lot uh, yes. gives the best gets up to his illuminating. I, I it's what Sir Gifts the best gets up to is illuminating. There you go, Blake. Okay, sure. Uh, thank you for all that you do, Amelia from Illinois. Well, Amelia, thank you so much. I will say this. I agree that not showing any kind of struggle at all with like she just like what happened did she just quit cold turkey like how do you like how how does that happen like, i would like to see that struggle i would like to see something of that if that were the case and and and, and i mean i think the struggle was holy crap did i kill somebody hi well, no, 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 I agree. I, I, I totally agree. So I think, I think we saw enough of the struggle. What, but that wasn't for this season. That was last season. Yeah, we already, right. we already did it. And then she spent all that time in jail. And then she, she deals with the tr truth. I think, I think everything is very clear. Blake. All right, fair enough. This one comes from Judy. She Judy, says, "Judy, yeah, this is actually feedback about your listener feedback How for seven oh seven. You made me, uh." Oh, you made me Blake laugh from my gut. I can't tell you how much I needed that laugh because I had a week where I couldn't even with people anymore. That's Blake this week. Oh, that is very much me this week. <laughs> oh, especially freaking Trader Joe's guy. As soon as I heard that, I just I wanted to murder everybody. Like I I could I could have drove to Trader Joe's. Oh my god, you're so found dramatic. the random you're guy. So dramatic. And just and he did put nothing my wrong. Fingers around his throat. Nothing and just wrong. Watch the life come right out of his eyes. And I encouraged and him I to do it away. again. I was like, "Go and do it again, oh sir. Find another God. person to dance with and ask You're her basic. to dance." Oh You're man! You're too much, Blake. All right. Anyway, uh, so I needed them to go away, like the Trader Joe's guy. Now I know the secret weapon. Just drop the D. It's a mess in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a that. mess in there it's a mess in there it's just it's all over the walls it's <laughs> it's a mess in there Claire Odin said hi guys oh wait unless you had more voicemails I got some voice okay, I got, let's, I got voicemails. let's tackle a voicemail right, and then we'll get to Claire so we're gonna get to the one that we didn't finish okay. last time okay, okay you ready here yes. we go hello Mary hello Blake hello first time callers but not a first time caller Confused? Yes. So, what did we think of Outlander this year? Search me, I didn't... All right, hold on. Time out. Do they deserve the, the first-time caller sound? That's the issue. No, but they said they're not first-time callers. Well, that's callers. what I'm getting at. I feel like this is like a, a thing that we kind of have to debate here a little bit. Because if they're a first-time caller, then they deserve it. But if they're not a first-time... We'll play We're like in end. this weird, like, no-man's land yeah. right now. I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> Very confused. <laughs> confused. Are we with the Beardsley twins? <laughs> what is going on? All right, here we go. Didn't watch it. What's it about again? Apparently, it's about some bloke in a kilt who meets a nurse from the future with a tongue like a viper. With a tongue like a viper. <laughs> and they spend seven seasons trying to get kidnapped or killed. Wasn't there something about a madman and his coconut as well? Yes, there yep. was. And some dandy who goes around saying, Mark me at the beginning of every sentence. <laughs> oh well, that seems. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> to enjoy it. I don't know. Tell me about it. 
It's Outlander this. It's Outlander that. It's Mary and Blake podcast this. It's Mary and Blake podcast that. <laughs> okay, is, really, seriously, is this Fred and George? <laughs> it really is. I love it. You're a wizard, Harry. Okay, here we go. He's still trying to get mum to watch it. Good luck with that. Are we done here? Yeah, I think so. Wishing you all the best for Droughtlander. My name is Holly. And my name is Emily. And my name's Pete from Chicksbury in the UK. And those were my beautiful daughters helping me this time to contribute to your wonderful podcast. Bye for now, guys. And see you on the other side of the Standing Stone in 2024. Oh, my God. Pete. Pete is coming from the class, right from the top rope. Oh, my God. With his daughters. That is amazing. Pete continues to bring. Give them a ding. Give I would, them a ding. I would say. Pete continues to bring some of the best content uh, to the listener feedbacks uh, yet and c- continues to reassert, I think, perhaps his top position in the Hall of Fame. I would agree. Yeah, I think so. He's just, it, 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 the man is a, a content machine. <laughs> and it's like, it's not like all the time. It's just when it happens, it's top notch. And I, I'm I'm all about that life. Pete. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Stacy from Canada. Hi, Stacy. Um, calling or speaking to you about uh, the mid-season finale, episode eight. Um, my kilt rating. Um, this felt like a five kilt for me. Um, for my GBGs, my good. Um, the whole, you know, the whole cold open, much like you, Mary, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a scene that, you know, I hoped that we would get. I really, really, really loved reading it in the book. Um, seeing Claire get really fierce and protective. Yes. Um, the Bonnie B. Swordsman. Um, and so I really loved that scene with Bad. Um, maybe I absolutely loved the end scene, but I did feel that this sort of VFX or CGI of, of sort of the water in the background, like it did look a little paint like to me, mm-hmm. but minor detail, honestly, yep. it looked beautiful. Um, and my great, um, I really, really love where all of the different storylines have been left off. I think it's a great launching point for a mid season finale. And I'm really excited to see what they do with all these stories in the back half of the season. Um, and I also really loved how they managed to get so much of the humor in there with Jamie and Claire. I loved all their stuff. Um, I definitely can't complain that there wasn't enough of them this time. Um, and so I'm really excited for the back half of the season. Um, I was so happy with this episode. Um, it's been great. Can't wait to do the rest of the season with you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Stacey. I will, I will admit to Mary that I, I'm looking forward to the next half of the season. And I, and it's, I think it's particularly because of Scotland and what that's going to bring to the story and, and getting back to that. Um, you know, you know, actually, it was Patty in the last episode uh, that we, when we did our interview for the St. Andrews Society, she's like, "There's a, there's magic in Scotland." Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree. That to me is what makes Outlander special, or not? Well, not special because I think Outlander is special in and of itself. It but is. It, but it, it's what separates it from the rest of the television landscape, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just. That's the thing that makes it truly unique, in my opinion. It's, I mean, many things make it unique, but I agree with you when you're trying to talk about it with people who haven't watched Outlander. Yeah. And, you know, especially if they start at season one, 
you you will most likely say, and you will fall in love with Scotland. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you will suddenly want to start planning trips there. You're going to, you know, start seeing plaid completely differently and mm-hmm. uh, see people in kilts occasionally and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, and because we are back there in this season, that early season one butterflies that we all got for Scotland in and of itself is back. Yep, totally agree. All right, let's get to the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Dina from California. Hey, Dina. I've been down with COVID, so I hope this is in time for episode eight listener feedback. I'm sorry about that. Mary, I totally sympathize with your struggles. This has kicked my butt. Oh, girl. Anyway, my kilt rating for the mid-season finale is five. It tugged every heartstring I possess, and I'm uber emotional since being sick. Again, I'm going with GBBs, not really any bads. My good was Ian telling Rachel he would take her here and now if they didn't stop. (laughs) Go, Ian! And his war paint was on point. Mm -hmm. My better was all things Jamie and Claire, from her finding him after the first battle of Saratoga to his second hand surgery to them reluctantly separating for the second battle. I just love them so much. And my best was Jamie's face when he saw Scotland from the ship. Sam could teach a master class on showing emotion with just a look. Agreed. Side note from episode 7, In the Air Tonight was released in 1981 when I was a freshman in high school. Saturday night parties at the canal became air drum central <laughs> when that song came on. Anywho, Slanja. Thank you, Dina. Thank you very much. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Just be, you know, being out there at a party and then and just waiting for those drums to drop. I still yeah. do it now. It's like how <laughs> yes, how many years do. later? It's like forty years <laughs> later. <laughs> All right, Mavi, you want to read the next one, or do you want me to do it? What I, what, do you, what are we doing? You moved it so I can't read it. Well, you had it on your phone. Oh, and oh. now what? <laughs> All right, no, I'll read because it. it's I'll on read. my phone. Uh, no, you can move it over. Is it the Claire? Uh, yeah, from Claire. All right, I can read it from Claire. Hello, guys. What an episode! I can't pick a kilt rating, but here are my many G's and one B. Greats. All of the callbacks to earlier seasons. Claire rescuing Jamie. Major deja vu. Seeing her wrap his hand in linen mm-hmm. and lay it on his chest. His hand, his hands have been through a lot. Side note, their banter was so fun. Much more like the books. Bree and Roger having to separate through the stones to save their child like when Claire had to leave Jamie to save Bree. Also the anti-British speech by Daniel Morgan and his back scars and everything. More greats. Jamie having a moment seeing his kin across the battle lines while everyone else was oblivious. His cousin was shot. He nearly shot his own son. And then he got to see his son, Usher, cousin Simon, out of danger. That was really impactful nonverbal storytelling. Speaking of battle, Jamie's battle outfit was a 10 out of 10. (laughs) The fringe frock and kilt. Love it. The scene towards the end where Jamie and Simon are able to speak as kin was very touching. Scottish digestion humor, even on his deathbed, and the addition of bagpipe music there was a great touch. I was so pleased that Jamie finally got to see William at the end, man to man. The last scene on the boat was beautiful. The male vocalist and his song added so much emotion. Last, I love that they dedicated the episode in loving memory of Sinead O'Connor. She will be so missed. My bad was freaking Archbug. What are we doing? No, you're gonna. What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) 
It was so unnecessary. I think that the episode would have been nearly perfect without that part. They don't need that storyline at all. I've read the books. I know what they're doing, but the show does not need it. Sorry, uh, she said, sorry, this review is very rambling, but I wanted to get it all down while it's fresh. Hope the break before seven, season seven, part two isn't too long. Claire in Texas. Uh, Mary, I know you've read the books, obviously, and your thoughts on Claire's assertion that the show does not need what's happening with Archbug. What do you think? And Oh, um... Yeah, I think that the way that it's just so like in your face, like dun dun dun. Yeah, but like even overall, yes. like I just I will say that. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's get to the next voicemails. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Anna from Perth, Western Australia. Hi, Hi Anna. City of leftovers fame. I had to pry my ears away from the living reminders to make this call. <laughs> my kilt rating is four point nine. My good was the many things that call back to season one. Dan Morgan scars. The battle scenes, Roger and Bianca saying goodbye at the Stones, just like Claire and Jamie, seasick Jamie, and of course the beautiful character of Scotland. I didn't really have a specific bad, I just think it didn't have that something special that makes a five. My great, cue the gif of 60s gaylers chanting, Scotland, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland. Just the emotion in Claire, Ian, and especially Jamie's faces. As they approach the shore and see it, absolutely made my heart soar. Now I'm really looking forward to Blake's history podcast episode. For now, though, I'm off to listen to you chat to Amy Brenneman almost eight years ago. Manja. Oh. <laughs> oh, I loved that chat. Traveling through time. That was great. I uh, I really miss that podcast so much, the Leftovers podcast. So, by the way, go to MiriamBlake.com, listen to the Leftovers podcast, and better yet, watch the Leftovers just like Anna is because it's one of my. I it's would a say, fantastic oh, show. It's man. deep. It's deep. It's it's not. It's nothing like Outlander. <laughs> I will say that, like <laughs> no. nothing. But if you're looking for something to hook you in through Droughtlander, we've covered some great shows. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend The Leftovers and our companion, The Living Reminders podcast, as that show gets deep and weird. And oh, You know what I feel from, about weird. And we've heard from <laughs> a lot of people that listening to our podcast helped them enjoy the show and understand yes. it more. Yeah. And we did get a lot of great interviews for that show, including with the co-creator, Damon Lindelof. And the author of the book. And the author of the book, whose yep. kid goes to Brown, Brown, or went yep. to Brown so yep. we were able to have that nice Rhode Island connection as well. Uh, so I definitely recommend that. I also recommend our This Is Us 2 podcast. That's, of course, a long series, and it is now over, so you could either watch the series and listen to the podcast episodes. We podcasted about every single show of that series, just like how we do here with Outlander. Um, or you could just go back and listen to the podcast yeah, if you didn't true. feel like rewatching. So true. just wanted to give that little shout-out since our friend... Is is doing a leftovers watch oh, right man, now. So cool, so cool. All right, uh, we'll do one more. Here we go. Hi, this is Ashley from Louisiana. Hi, and I'm Ashley. calling in to give my feedback. Okay. Although I absolutely loved everything about Turning Points, all the greats and all the kilts go to Mary's flower baby story <laughs> from the podcast episode earlier this week. Oh my goodness, that was such an unexpected turn in the episode, but I was literally crying and laughing so hard in my car. I had to pause it several times, and I have not stopped telling this story to everyone I know ever since. It's the best story ever. It's not easy to reference hot gluing baby doll heads and sacks of flour in the same story, but of course Mary nails it. 
Your podcast never <laughs> fails to bring me so much joy and oh. laughter. And this is definitely a Mary and Blake Hall of Fame moment for me. <laughs> I'll never look at a bag of flour the same way again. <laughs> That's all. Happy Droughtlander. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. You know what? I think that's a good idea. We'll we'll put that to a vote. <laughs> okay. Does the flower baby uh, uh, exchange deserve to be in the Mary and Blake Hall of Fame? <laughs> we'll put that to the nerds. Okay. Uh, and if you think if you think that it does belong in the Mary and Blake Hall of Fame, uh, what should they what should they message us? Like what what uh, emoji should people message us? Um, for for the bread? flower baby bread yeah yeah, yeah. Or just a baby <laughs> a bread emoji or a baby emoji uh yeah you know what uh yeah give us a baby emoji if there is a if there is a baby emoji i have no idea uh if there is one great send us a baby emoji <laughs> and uh we'll put that into uh we'll put that into the mary and blake hall of fame okay you send it on facebook instagram whatever it doesn't matter uh okay uh let's do another voicemail Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. My name is Carla, and I'll tell you where I'm from at the end. Okay. Big Outlander fan, read all the books, so Droughtlander is no big deal to me. All right, so she's got to be from the South. Uh, you, get, you, hear, you hear that, that accent. Yeah. She, that's a Southern girl. I'm going to say Florida. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Florida. As there was always a long wait between them. My husband, like Blake, hasn't read the books, but he always got a running recap from me I think each she's time more, I got a new one. I think she's more Western than Florida. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Florida doesn't always have an accent. Uh, but yeah, but like, like true Floridians do. Okay. Not like you know pose of Floridians like my dad. I'm feeling like Louisiana, oh, Alabama. Good, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So you're talking like deep south, or even Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not south, but somewhere in that area, like you know where she's Oklahoma, not from? Alabama, Idaho. <laughs> Definitely not Idaho. Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. One interesting thing I heard this week was a comparison between Bookian and Showian. Bookian was bigger, dark complexioned, and way more menacing after he returned from the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. He was a little unkempt, big tattoos on his face, and he preferred sleeping in the woods to being inside. I love me some John Bell, though Denzel's warning to Rachel made more sense in the books. I'm from southern Illinois, way down the bottom, nowhere near Chicago. Our nearest city is St. Louis. Stop it. You're from southern Illinois? How's that even a thing? So, you mean how is Southern Illinois a thing, or how is her voice Southern how is Illinois? Her, how is her accent a Southern? You were really off. Wait, I, you, I might as well have said that she was from Mars. I would have been closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. This is a fun game. I like doing this. Yeah. P.S. I'm the one who, who showed you the Duncan LaCroix birthday video from my son and also told you about my brother bringing our grandson, the Tufty Squirrel, from Scotland. Keep oh. up the good work, and I'll be listening. Bye. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. All right, here we go. We got another uh, – uh, where are we here? What are we doing? Another uh, email. There we go. This one comes from Christine. She says, hello, Mary and Blake. This is my first time writing to you. But I started listening back in 2019 and 2020. Well, you're still getting that. Like everyone, I needed something to get me through Droughtlander. So after season four, I went all the way back to the beginning of your podcast. I absolutely love listening to both and look forward to it as much as I watch the show. Like Aww. Blake, I am behind in the books only on Voyager. So <laughs> here's my problem. I realize the show can't take away everything from the books but 
did I miss something? Or is this just too obvious not even not to even discuss? Nevertheless, I am confused. Back in the beginning of the season, Ian kills Mrs. Bug. We all know why. But I remember as I watched that episode questioning why was Mrs. Bug there in the first place? Why was she doing it and not Mr. Bug? So I theorized that he didn't really care about his wife and acted cowardly and sent her in for the dangerous task to retrieve the gold and if her life ended, but uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Bug would just move on. Again, this was all playing out in my head in real time while watching it. Then, fast forward to the end, Mr. Bug tells Ian that until he has something worth taking, well then he will. That confused me clearly uh, because clearly he does love his wife and wants vengeance. But again, if he really loved his wife in the first place, then why did she have to get the gold? Get it yourself, dude. I decided to let my annoyance with Mr. Bug, either loving or not loving his wife, go because he went away. But after seeing the finale with his reappearance, I got irritated again. I guess this is... I guess this has to happen for character development storyline between Ian and Rachel, blah, blah, blah. But is that all it is? Why am I so annoyed that he wants vengeance on something he was too cowardly to take on himself in the first place? His wife was disposable to him, but now he wants vengeance? This doesn't make sense to me. What am I not getting here? Send an SOS because I am so lost and confused and would love to hear your input. Mary, uh, I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. Do you do you do you see the point of view that uh, that Christine is is giving? That us? why is Mrs. Bug the one out shoveling? And yeah, and like, and Mr. then Bug and, and then all of a sudden, like now this guy was like he was allowed. She he allowed her to go do like the dangerous job, and then now he's all pissy because she got killed, and then he disappears, and then all of a sudden he's back again. I don't think they would have viewed it as a dangerous job. Well, I, I think she knew, that she did because she she's carrying was, the gun so, around. Yeah, she knew where it was and she was fine. Like, she can handle herself. I don't know. I I think it's okay. Yeah. I, I, But I appreciate when things like that do ruffle feathers or get stuck. So I totally appreciate the the listener's question. Yeah. Um, but Mrs. Bug is not the meek and obedient type um yeah but, or was not rest in peace yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but we don't get that from the show i don't know we don't what do you mean you don't you don't, we don't. get that she's a tough cookie no you don't at all in my like, opinion help digging bodies like burying bodies that just, that and just, that being just like, means hey, you're empathetic some creepy guy was looking at your kid I don't know. That, I don't know. I, the way that I see we it, we did not get enough bug development. I will, cl- no. I will say that we yes. did not get enough bug development. So I appreciate that in the show, it's just yuck yes. about how we feel about the bugs because the bugs were not developed well enough in the show. And I, I think agree. that that will be an ongoing issue for bug problems. Yes, and <laughs> and if and if one of our previous listeners is correct in saying that she read the books and doesn't believe that it's necessary to the plot of the overall story here. Um, then I'm going to co-sign on that uh, because that's someone that read the thing and said, hey, I don't think this works. But just in terms of the television show, I would say that this is one of the things that's very side questy. Uh, and and if it is the case that it's only meant to help develop a relationship or at least a scenario for Rachel and Ian to become a thing, then 
I hate that it requires something of that nature to make Rachel and Ian be a thing. It should just happen by itself. So I, I get it. Like, I, I see where Christine's coming from. Yeah. And I don't think you're missing anything, Christine. I, I just think I, I don't I think it was kind of shoved in there and like we missed Mr. Bug and, yeah. you know, the whole thing. So that's that's my thought. All right. Here we go. Of course, my computer is doing the thing that it always does. Hold on. Here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Brittany from Hi, Rhode Brittany. Island. Hey, Brittany. I am giving episode eight five kilts. Good. There were so many goods and greats in this episode, but I wanted to share something I noticed. During the cold open, we see the boy take Jamie's hat. We then see the woman going through Jamie's sporin or purse, and she finds the miniature portrait of William as a boy and tosses it in the grass. Okay. This scene connects so well with the scene of Jamie giving William his hat after the battle. Hmm. Bad, as many of us fellow Outlander fans probably have already said, the inconsistencies with the lighting. Besides that, the episode is pretty near perfect. My great was the ship scene when they see Scotland. Mm. Was so, it was so beautifully shot. It was so dreamy. It was truly a dream come true for all three of them to see the shores of Scotland again. Awesome. Yes, it was. It really was. And and we as show watchers were just like, oh, we're home now. Like, everybody's home. <laughs> All right, let's take some time to talk about our partners in crime here for Outlander Cast. Well, we've been telling you about it all season, ladies and gents. It's Weebox. You, it, if you haven't gotten the Weebox yet, I, like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing here? Well, maybe they're asking for it Well, I, as a gift. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But whoever is in charge of getting the Wii Box, you should be doing it. And I, listen, I, I wouldn't be sending you the Wii Box to do something that I didn't believe in, because I do. And this, we actually we just got another Wii Box in just recently. Yes. And the thing's freaking awesome. It is so good. Oh. So, so good. And it changes every single month, friends. You know, we've heard us talk about the different five different gifts that you're going to be getting um, coming straight from Scotland, no matter yes. where you live in the world. It's the attention to detail, the very unique items that you can't get outside of Scotland, the little magazine that it comes with, the music, the virtual tour with Andy the Highlander. It's all there. Yeah. And honestly, just treat yourself. Treat, Treat yourself. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got the sound. I don't got the drop for that. Sorry, uh, but if, if you've been living under a rock this whole season and you haven't heard us talking about WeBox, just want to let you know that WeBox is actually a monthly subscription gift box that's designed to to share Scotland with Scots and Scots of heart uh, poses like me all over the world. Uh, of course, it, it it has a monthly theme for everything, and it's five gifts and treats and. And for September, the one that you want to get for next month, it's the Let's Escape to Sky and Sky Cozy Cottage Wee Box. And it can, and just as a teaser, a teaser, it has a Sky Skins coffee mug holder uh, made from luxurious sheepskins. And then it has a, an organic rejuvenating serum, Mary. Mm. Uh, the Rose Hip and Sea Buckthorn Serum is a luxurious blend of the finest organic oils to 
deeply nourish and rejuvenate your skin. Vitamins A, E, and C. Oh, and with some frankincense, yang lang, whatever. And patchouli create a sumptuous fragrance. It's truly amazing. So go to visit. <laughs> so, so go to webox.co.uk and use the code CAST10. That is C-A-S-T-1-0 for 10% off at your checkout. Just because we at Mary and Blake Media, Mary and I, you know, we take care of you. It, we're not just telling you to go to Webox for funsies. We're giving you a deal. So go to webox.co.uk, put in CAST10 for 10% mm -hmm. off at checkout, and let them know that we sent you there. And uh, we'll take care of you. We so will. That's that. That's we that. will. All right, let's get to the next voicemail. Hey, Mary and Blake. This is Anne in Charleston, South Carolina. I am, I am calling about uh, Outlander Season 7, Episode 8. Okay. And uh, I give it a 4.8 out of 5 kilts. Not it was bad. awesome. Okay. Um, my good is the continued job of the writers to of paring down this mm -hmm. massive, yes. massive <laughs> book to all of the pertinent parts uh, without losing the stream of the story. They're doing a great job. Um, my bad is a, Claire's wardrobe is not period accurate and it drives me batty. <laughs> she looks more like she would be at home on a civil war battlefield instead of um, a revolutionary war. Okay. Uh, Rachel's outfits are much more period accurate. Mm. And I know Claire's different. She's time traveler, she's magic, all that stuff. But I, I, it drives me nuts. And it takes me out of the scene every time I see it. Especially when she's next to Jamie, who has a perfect period costume for his, uh, for his shirt. You can tell it was handmade. And my great is seeing Scotland for the first time in 10 years for Jamie. And seeing all the expressions and feelings that washed over his face and Ian's absolutely loved it. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I, listen, I believe you when you say that it ain't period yes. accurate. I, I, I'm not like, a, a... I actually saw Anne uh, in Salt Lake city. Oh, okay. And she pointed out some of the pictures and stuff. And she was like, Mary, this takes me out. Like, to, you know, and, and I get it. I mean, I would feel that way if something was musical, you sure. notice things, yeah. especially like lighting and directorial wise. So uh, it was something that I did not know. And then she pointed it out and then she, she was able to show me like Rachel's and everyone yeah, else's. Yeah. So that's a very interesting thing. And I can appreciate that for you. Anne. Yeah, man. I, I, well, what I was going to say is, and if you wanted to call back in, you know, later on, uh, maybe next season or whatever, and, and kind of illuminate uh, on or illuminate us about how it is not period specific. Like what, what would be period specific? I would love to hear that just because I just don't know. Send a picture in an email or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. All right, let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, Marianne Blake. This is Maureen calling from France. Hi, Maureen. Hello. About uh, Outlander's uh, mid-season finale turning points. I want to share a couple of outlandish theory with you guys. The first one would be about... Um, okay, hold on. We got we to play the, the sound. All right, here we go. The opening credits, uh, I feel like for the second half of the season, the probably going to go back to the original music. I feel like as much as they might want to keep using Sinead O'Connor, I feel like as long as we're in Scotland, we're going to be using that good old um, music, Riviera singing and, and all that. And then as far as my second theory, it's more of a 
All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, Maureen, take it away. Of um, developing take, as uh, Blake would say, um, <laughs> I think everything that has to do with uh, we, Jamie, and Rob Cameron is going to be bringing us back to the States because I think we're going to have Roger probably running into the rest of the family, mm-hmm. probably at Lally Brock. Um, probably he's going to meet uh, Jenny, which is going to be interesting. And then I feel like that's going to cut short uh, Claire and Jamie's trip to Scotland. And they're all going to go back to the States to chase after Rob Cameron, get Jamie back. And uh, and then I'm just wondering what Bree's going to be doing all alone in the 80s. It's just going to be watching TV with Mandy this whole time. Like, what's, what's the plan there? You know, Maureen, it's a valid question about what is going to happen with Bree and what role does she play in the story now that she's really not doing anything other than just kind of being there? How with- do you explain uh, to the teacher who is just so mean to your kid? Oh, How dare you spick garlic? Oh, well, he actually just traveled through time. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, He's going to be absent for a little a bit. Of, can, can you send home some schoolwork? And, um, <laughs> Do you have a, a homework packet? Yeah. <laughs> What's the allotment before the principal starts to send me a letter saying that I'm a bad parent? <laughs> you can't blame COVID. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can get a doctor's note for this. My mom was a doctor, yeah. but she's not here right now. <laughs> she she's uh... She traveled through time, too. <laughs> Slanja. Uh, I mean, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Brie. Uh, and Marina, I love your take. It's a developing take. You're, it's totally in take development. And I, and I think it's a good working take. I'll say that. Um, because I think it's inevitable. Here's the thing. I think it's inevitable that Jamie and Claire go back to the U, like to the States. This whole trip to scotland for me sounds too good to be true well also claire said like please bring me back i want to come back home sometime yeah i suppose you're right um who's gonna watch clarence (laughs) clarence better be here when i get back right or add so like Oh, friggin' Adso. Just some random That's That's who Claire cries for is Adso. Freaking Adso. Some random cat. It's not a random cat. Whatevs. Those of us who love our pets, we know. We know what that love Uh, is like. All right, all right. Let's get to the next one. Hey there. This is Anais from France. Hello. I am a first-time caller because I started listening to your podcast for season 7A. Okay. All right. Hold on. Well, we got to play the sound. All right. There we go. And I want to thank you guys. I am a young mother and your podcast has been a great companion for the night feedings or when I was trying to get my real ass to sleep after singing the Skybox song and Roger and Brianna's version of Clementine, of course. I I love season 7A and I can't wait for 7B, but I have loads of unanswered questions about the Mackenzies. How did they get from the Stones to Boston? How did they explain the way they were dressed or the fact that they had two kids but no birth certificate? The only plausible explanation I can think of is that they joined a cult for this, for six years. <laughs> also, did they get married again in the 20th century? Did Jamie have problems adjusting to running water, electricity, and all of the things from the new century? I wish we had gone to see more about their transitions because there's a lot of potential there. Anyway, thanks again for your podcast. 
Take care. Bye. Oh, well, thank you very I much. I love how she, she's calling from France saying it. The only, <laughs> the only uh, reasonable solution would be that they joined a cult. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me, they could just say, listen, we're from Boston. Yeah. And kind of fake like more of an Irish accent, mm-hmm. and people been like, "Oh, gotcha, gotcha." Okay, I see. You're part you... of the Irish mob. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we gotcha. <laughs> we'll figure. We'll figure that out. Or, or, they, or they went to the Irish mafia. Yeah, right. Like here's some here's some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, I would. I, it is a great plot hole. In the show. Yeah. I think it's one of those things we just kind of have to just go along with. Like, somehow, some way, they got life figured out. Like, I again, it it's these little things that Outlander seems to just look past that kind of bothers me. But, you know, the, the, the only thing I will say is that it's not important, right? Like it's mm-hmm. no, it's not relevant to the story. I mean, if if we wanted to like be total nerds about it, yes, it is relevant, but it's really not, right? Yes. Um, and it doesn't matter, right? It it like what matters is the emotionality and uh, or the emotions rather that are that are coming through as a result of this transition and how that affects our characters as opposed to the administrative, you know, stuff that. In reality, they would be going through, but in this TV verse, it just, we just kind of have to accept We don't have it. the ability for it right now. Yeah. But we can all have in our own little minds our We just have to of, accept it. Like, yes. even like when Claire came back uh, uh, from, you know, the, the 1700s the first time, it's like, okay, well, where have you been? And then it was kind of like, well, uh, never mind. We're just going to keep going because. There's just no time for it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's just not the point, right? It's just, they've already established. And if like, if we had gone with Claire through that whole journey and her trying to reasonably tell everybody where she was for all that time, then that that would, would have been one of the rules that the show established, which would it would have to live by moving forward. But since it didn't, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Uh, all right, Marvin. Uh, this looks like the last voicemail for Let's the do it. last listener feedback episode for season 7A. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Catherine from Boston. Hello. All right. I was just um, listening to the podcast about episode 708, and... It made me think when Mary was talking about the cold open with um, Angry Claire uh, fixing up Jamie and yelling at him at the same time. Um, it really made me think about episode 101, Sassanac. I, I happened to, right after watching the mid-season finale, I happened to rewatch Sassanac because my mom is just getting into Outlander and she asked to start it with me. Um, so what was I going to say? Hmm. Of course, a big resounding yes. And that scene is such a perfect callback to Sassanac that I was so struck by watching them back to back. Um, everything about it is just like spot on. Some like frame for frame, you know, beat for beat is just very clear fixing Jamie's shoulder on the side of the road and yelling at him 
about how he manages to get himself hurt. So I just appreciated that so much. And the other thing I just wanted to say is how much I agree with Blake about the Rachel and Ian scene. Um, I thought it was really heavy handed and rushed. Like I, I know the books, so I knew what they were trying to get done, but they were getting it done too fast and it just wasn't good enough. Anyway, I love you guys. Keep it up. Be well. Well, thank you so oh, much. Thanks. And since, uh, you, since you're one of the chosen, okay. Your cousin from Boston. Okay, you're allowed. You're allowed that <laughs> sounder. That that's that's your right since you're one of the chosen. So, all right, Marvin. I think that's it. That that's uh, that's the end of uh, the listener feedback for seven oh eight. Amazing. Man, did it. I don't know how we... Did. I didn't get sick this time. You didn't get sick this time. That's good. <laughs> and the good news is that we got this episode done in under 52 minutes. Hey, a new All record. right, there we go. All right, so... Because uh, it's not even really a full episode. We I, had this was, part two of... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, close this bad boy out, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. there you have it ladies and gents tied up with a big beautiful bow including a trip to Trina Joe's <laughs> season 7A has concluded our coverage of season now now we're gonna be back here okay so so here's the scoop poops. I'm doing a history episode it's the gonna scoop, happen the scoop is this you're gonna want to make sure you go to maryandblake.com and sign up for our emails yes because we're still having episodes coming out. We are going to be covering Men in Kilts. Obviously not in the same timetable that we were covering Outlander, as you can already tell. <laughs> um, thank you, beginning of school year and all the other wonderful things you've been dealing with. But those episodes are going to be coming out on the same exact feed as this. Yes. But you want to head to maryandblake.com. And when the pop-up comes up asking, would you like our newsletters, make sure you check the Outlander one. You can also check the Marion Blake one. Heck, you could check the Bridgerton and Harry Potter ones as well. But definitely make sure you're signed up for our Outlander emails. I do not send them frequently. I don't spam you. It is me or Blake emailing you. (laughs) And Um, only when it's relevant. (laughs) Exactly. So we want to make sure that you stay in the know as we will be covering Men in Kilts. We have the history episode coming out and we've got some other fun things lined up that you do not want to miss. So I'm just putting it out there. We're going to keep you company during Droughtlander. Yes, yes. And we are so grateful for those of you who became patrons. Uh, the, the Michael Mouse shirts are en route to us and on, or will be en route to you soon, I promise. And if we have brought you joy in the first half of seven, uh, season seven and you're not yet a member at jointhenerdclan.com, this is this is our chance to say pretty please. Yeah, this is a chance. And, and the it's reason why- It's less than $2 a month. Well, and the reason why we definitely want to do it is because we have a goal of 1,000 members over there, right? And if we get 1,000 members, the goal, the, the, the prize, if you will, is I will start the next version of Blake's Book Club for the next book. Uh, after uh, dra- after Dragonfly, no, not Dragonfly, man. But what did I do? Just Voyager. Just I just did, did Voyager. Voyager. What's the one after Voyager? Isn't it Drums? Drums. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't know. But whatever the book is after Voyager, if it's Drums, I'm gonna do Drums. When whenever we get to a thousand members, that's when it'll be done. Normally, I like to like spread them out, you know, for a long time. But if we get there, I'll do it whenever we get there. So I think we're already at nine seventy five. We're close. We only need a few more people, a few more nerds to join, and I'll and I'll do the next book club. <laughs> so, so that's that. All right, my friends. 
Thank you so, so much for being with us. My name is Mary. My name is Yeah, we're at 973. 973? So we are 27 people away. You know who I won't allow to join the nerd clan? Trader Joe's guy. Trader Joe's guy. Trader Joe's guy could literally give me a million bucks. And I'd still be like, go pound sand. Why don't you go get your shine box, Trader Joe's guy? Oh my god. You guy. know what someone pointed out online? With me, with that Frank Randall has two first names. What? Frank Randall has two first names. That's why I can't trust him. <laughs> there might be <laughs> that might be a loophole in the argument about the two first names thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Just when you need it. I'm take bunkered on or the Or when it's me, Mary Earl. <laughs> Alright, my friends, my name is Mary. <laughs> I definitely ain't Trader Joe's guy. You're definitely not taking me dancing down the aisles of Trader Joe's. Freaking guy. Oh my gosh, the brioche. Hot dog rolls. Totally elevate your hot dog experience. <laughs> Maple what? leaf cookies. Oh, but we just ate the brioche hot dog rolls. Well, but they don't know what, they, what you're talking well, about. Some people do. Trader Joe guys does. Trader, Trader, Trader Joe's guys does he not eat hot dogs. Own Trader bag. Joe's guy makes his own guacamole. Oh my god, I love guacamole. You hate guacamole. He probably likes calamari too. Oh, I maybe hate calamari. maybe he has all of your faults. Maybe it's his strengths, like <laughs> asking right. me to dance in Trader Joe's. I would ask you to dance in Trader Joe's. No, you I, I totally would. You would not have come. I wouldn't. To me. No, no, wouldn't no I would ask in, you. You wouldn't I, have even been in Trader Joe's. No, I definitely wouldn't have. But are you? Are you trying to tell me that right now, as a married couple, I wouldn't ask you to dance in Trader no, Joe's? No, right now you would. Of I'm course saying, I would. I'm saying single. I wouldn't Blake. be that random dude. No. That, the creepy Trader Joe's guy to go up to some chick and be like, "Hey, you want to dance with me?" That's <laughs> what I would have done. He's That's probably what... a mouth breather, Trader Joe's guy. The music already stopped. It can't handle you. It can't handle you. Good. Good. I, I hope so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Freaking Trader Joe's guy. Maybe Trader Joe's guy like came through the stones. <laughs> maybe Trader Joe's time. guy. Maybe he's Buck. He is the real life Buck. Oh, my God. He's like, this girl gets it. <laughs> she looks weird. <laughs> she looks just she as would, weird as I am. She would totally dance in the maple aisle. <laughs> Because it's coming. It's going to be a uh, pumpkin pumpkin display. The a maple only good display. thing about Trader Joe's, as we talked about earlier this the season. The maple leaf cookies? No, 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 no. You no, love no. those. I love maple leaf. I bought three boxes of those. I have yet to try the Trader Joe's maple leaf cookies. No, you haven't. You've eaten them here. No, I haven't. I got the ones straight from New Hampshire. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. But the only thing that's worth money at Trader Joe's Everything. is the cinnamon, sugar, whatever it is, blondie bars. Okay, Blake. That's it. That's the only good thing at Trader Joe's. I'm going to make you go buy them. Just You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> and you're going to walk in and look at every guy in there and think in your mind, was that him? I'm going to think that Are it literally looks like guy? Sandy Candy. <laughs> Listen. All right. Sandy. Are we done? I, well, you're the one talking about Trader Joe's guy. I'll be talking he about He makes him his own guacamole. He oh probably God, rolls his own it. cigarettes. I don't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't smoke. Oh, They're he doesn't not my smoke? Type. No. Because he's my dream man. Dream, my dream whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, we've gone from Trey and Joe's guy <laughs> asking you to dance. Now Trey and Joe's guy is your you dream man. You threw in that he makes his own guacamole. What am I supposed to do? I'm weak in my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Trey and Joe's guy. He does all the weird stuff. Oh my God. He probably, like, I don't know, probably, like, Grows his own freaking blueberries and makes jam out of it. I love it. Of course you do. Maybe he makes hot pepper jelly <laughs> and sends it to people for Christmas. 
<laughs> yeah, he's the kind of guy. He's the opposite of Sir Gifts a lot. He no. sends the worst no. gifts. You want to know why? Leave he's the alone. guy that sends like no. pancake mix in a jar. I asked you if we could send people your cookie mix. Yeah, and okay, what so did I say? You said no. So yeah, exactly. Because I ain't Trader Joe's soulmate. guy. I'm. I'm. A, I give real <laughs> gifts. I don't give weird Trader Joe's gifts. All right, goodbye, Blake. These people would love my recipe for. Blake, can you press stop so I can pretend that I can jelly. leave? <laughs> so I can pretend that we go to a different house. They can stop listening to us. This is my life. Joe's guy sucks. I'm gonna dream about him. Making guacamole. <laughs> Still under an hour, ladies and gents. Here Call, we go. Calling me Sassanach. Oh, there we go. Maybe he was wearing a kilt. No. Please, no. <laughs> no. No. If he was wearing no. a kilt. He doesn't wear no! kilts. He's not man enough to wear know. kilts. Not man know. enough. He had an accent. He actually had an accent. Hold up. I need to rewind my brain. Well, listen, I swear to God. I got an he accent. did not have an American. No, it wasn't an American accent. It was a European. Oh, exactly. Hold on. No wonder why. No wonder why he's <gasps> over there asking my you to heart. dance. And in my mind now, he makes guacamole even though he's from the UK. Okay. I'm. How do we it. know he's from the UK? His voice, Blake. I know a lot of accents. It wasn't Idaho. <laughs> Okay. Definitely wasn't Southern Illinois, I'll tell you that. Not Australia. <laughs> Maybe Edinburgh. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's from New Jersey, from but New adopted. Jersey. Or West Northwestern Connecticut. <laughs> he would be from Northwestern he's, Connecticut. No, he wasn't. He had a different he would accent. Be. He totally I swear to God. It's a guarantee <gasps> no, that traded Joe's guys like, from Connecticut. <gasps> hold on, I have to re- I'm gonna replay it in my brain. Okay, all right. Now you now you're getting he's making me guacamole. He's making you Can do something, but it ain't guacamole. Dancing like Roger in the kitchen, but making guacamole, not putting away flour. Trader Joe's guy <laughs> totally gets flour to use as a weapon. He doesn't have a sword. Okay, Trader Joe's guy does not have a sword like me. I'm here for it. <laughs> that sword's going to save your Mary. life one day. My name's Mary. And I'm Blake, who's got a sword. <laughs> and a real accent. Not like Trader Joe's guy. This mysterious UK accent. I don't even know what it is. Could maybe, be Irish. Maybe he's a could, listener like Caitlin nearby. And could be Welsh. He just came up and he's like, I know that girl. Could be English. That girl that doesn't know how to cook rice. So could she be buys, Scottish. She buys frozen bags of rice because <laughs> she doesn't know how to cook real rice. <laughs> <laughs> just the bags of rice would probably cause cancer. <laughs> That's my kind of girl. She'd love to dance. Can't she doesn't know how to make girl. rice, but she can probably dance. <laughs> Truthfully, I like the bags of rice because they're a perfect single serving for my rice-eating little lass. Uh, okay, on that note, my name is Mary. F you, Trader Joe's guy. And you've been listening to Outlander cast. Not Trader Joe's guy. Not a Trader Joe's cast. <laughs> Bye. Crap, we did it in an hour, too. <laughs> mm-hmm.